There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of backcountry pursuits. Welcome back to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast. This is episode two. Joe and I are with you. And like we said, we've got our first guest. We're really excited to talk about some Lake Superior fishing. And his name is John. And John, I'm going to let you go ahead and take away take take away with your, your last name. Take it away. <laughs> John Yankoviak here, also known as Looper John. <laughs> Looper John. <laughs> that's easier than Yankoviak. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, And you said that's Polish? That is Polish. Okay, good deal. Well, we're, we're here in Minnesota uh, recording with John and... We just wanted to have him in. If anyone out there has had the thought, man, I'd love to get up on Lake Superior and, and, and try to do some fishing. Um, I, out of the three of us sitting here today, am by far the least experienced in this, so I'll probably ask some stupid questions. That's all right. Ones that are annoying <laughs> to answer because everybody you know, in that world will know. Joe will ask some better questions, but better yet, John will give us some information. So Yeah, John's kind of a whiz on this stuff. And, and John, you started fishing up there how long ago? Well, I've been fishing Lake Superior for four years. I've been up there off and on for the last 15 years. Yeah. So I know a lot about the inland lakes and uh, trial and error over the last four years on the big lake. Hmm. And wow. John's got it pretty well dialed from what I've seen. Yeah, so. you went up there with him. Yeah, I've gone up here. I've gone up with now three times. I went up twice on the shore in the wintertime and then once in the boat last fall. And um, I have a blast because how can you not – when you're standing on the shore of Lake Superior watching the sunrise and the waves breaking, it's it's something else. It's really cool. And um, the the two times I've been on the shore, I haven't lucked out, but every time I leave, John catches a fish <laughs> as soon as I leave. <laughs> and um, whether it's a coho, a looper, or whatever, he, he always seems to do well, or I miss it by a day. The last time I was up there, you guys absolutely hammered fish the day before I got there. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Should have been here yesterday. Yeah, I yeah. know uh, the shore is, it, <laughs> it can be intimidating, but it really doesn't cost much to get into it all. Um, whether it's from shore, by boat, <laughs> it's it's just crazy how, how fast it can turn on. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Or The thing is, there's a lot of fish there. And yeah. if you don't catch them, you usually see them. It's pretty neat just to go down in the morning and watch them roll. Yeah, watch them roll is really yeah, cool. Drink a cup of coffee in the morning, and uh, you just don't know what you're going to get into. But there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, hmm. when you're working in the area, you're down You're down by the lake in the wintertime. Three to five days a week, you think? Yep. Yeah, living a quarter mile from the French River, uh it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. So it's put me in some pretty hot spots with the wife. But uh you usually I after you know, after four years of showing your face down there and you start catching some fish, uh there's some pretty good guys down there that kind of sh- kind of sh- they'll give you some tips after a little bit or once they see you catch a fish, they'll then they're a little more curious and yeah. And then next thing you know, you got their phone number and they say, you better get down here because <laughs> yeah. they're biting. And, and, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Kind of a community built up there like that. It is. You is, know, it, it, is it tough to get into? 
that community. Uh, you know, there there are guys down there just like anywhere else that will just assume miss a fish over having you net it so that you don't see what they had on. Yeah. But then there's the next guy, my neighbor Uper Mike. He uh <laughs> Looper John a, oh, and Uper Mike. You know what? He, no, it's Uper Mike. He's Uper. from the UP of Michigan. Okay, okay, he yep. is a different Finlander altogether. <laughs> but he, uh, that guy, not only to give his shirt off his back, he'll cut off a, a jig that he's using and tie it on your line. Wow. I mean, he, yeah. is, he is not. So you kind of get the full spectrum down there. That's it's, awesome. It is a cool, just a few times I've been up there, the couple times I've been on the shore, it is really cool because John's known down there. And just to see the people that walk up or like the last time we were up there, we were fishing an area that's kind of, it's a safe Harbor. And so we got one guy yelling at us from over on the other end and another guy walking over to talk to us. And it's just this really cool little community of people up there that all have the same interest and they all love watching people catch fish as much as they like catching fish themselves. So that's cool. It's a really, really cool little thing. That's awesome. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's like any other group of, of outdoorsmen, I suppose, where, kind of like you're a little apprehensive about newcomers into the yep. into the fold but then <laughs> once you find out their intentions are good and they're good people then it's okay. Yep. I was going to ask John um maybe if you could give a little uh backstory just yourself personally we always like to hear people's story of kind of how they got connected just in the outdoors in general. Um and kind of just a little bit of your you know growing up and and uh and just kind of your story a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Ham Lake as well, Blaine area, um, north suburbs. Not a lot of trout fishing to be had in this area. but uh, So I grew up pan fishing just like any other kid hopes to, I suppose. Uh, uh, you know, I guess I could say it's in my blood. My, uh, my grandpa on my mom's side was a fishing guide in Alexandria, uh, owned his own bait store. Um, I didn't get to know him that well. My great-grandpa Jack uh, from Mora, that's where my dad grew yep. up, uh, family of well my dad had 10 siblings grew up on a farm there well my great grandpa jack he had his own recliner chair in jerry's bait shop so <laughs> that goes to tell you that guy fished seven days a week probably eight he lived my grandpa jack uh lived to 94 years old died in 94 yeah so he was born in 2000 wow. uh, and so that's some of you know my dad would take me out i was thinking of around here ham lake it's like where did we go fishing we got ham lake we have coon lake <laughs> yeah Linwood lake I, I guess some of the earliest memories i had uh would be this time of the year late ice okay my dad had a hinged plank in the back of the truck i hope my mom's not listening <laughs> it would extend to about 10 feet and we would go across that plank out onto that ice you know when the water was running back in the holes and i remember catching crappies and bluegills and bass and um I moved to Duluth in 97 and still yet, you know, just fish inland lakes, uh, crappies, bluegills, you know, and then I, uh, I guess I started getting into musky fishing up there. And unfortunately I've lived on the North shore on the scenic highway for nine years. And I've only taken the opportunity to fish Lake Superior for the last four of them. Okay. So yeah. there's so much other opportunity. I it was new to me, you know, like yeah, it can be a little, overwhelming but then uh my dad when we first moved up he bought a nice like a nine foot rod you don't have to have a nine foot rod i mean you can go with seven foot six foot six it just helps you get a little further cast so he uh four years back said it was collecting dust i said what are you doing with that thing yeah you know, you've never caught a fish on it and uh 
they said you can have it so um i took that rod down there and i still we were just talking about different guys fishing down on lake superior how they are i remember uh going down the first time i caught a kamloops rainbow trout it was on my dad's rod he gave me casted it out pounded a big hen female looper uh, there was it was so cool there was a fro half drifts it was half the shore was frozen out so you're out I know 20 feet from shore on a giant iceberg and there's icebergs floating around and these rainbow <laughs> trout are just Jeez. their uh, fins are coming out and they're rolling in these waves and I hooked up onto one and I said wow this is something else yeah um you hooked one and then you were hooked yep exactly <laughs> um, and the best part was it was my friend Andy down there who the other day I showed him a picture from an old phone that I had transferred some photos from. And I said, you know, who took this picture, you know, it was four years ago. I said, not a clue. I said, that was my first looper. You took the picture and me and you have been fishing together ever since. That's yeah, awesome. That's, awesome. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So there's some awesome guys down yeah. there. Um, guys that next thing you know, I'm, I'm on a hot crappie bite, say inland ice fishing. And I say, Corey, you got to get up here next you know he's got his girls up and the crank down up and um so it is a community up there yeah. and in you might get a grumpy one or two of them but for yep. the most part if somebody sees you struggling they're going to help you out i you know i have no problem coming over and giving you one of my bugs i tie or whatever it is or put you in the right direction so yeah, yeah. that's the cool thing about the fishing overall i think for most of us especially in minnesota I think most of us, our earliest memories that, you know, for, for guys is, is fishing. I was going to say and, mine was green lake, big green fishing with my dad and his Lund rebel. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 That's, I've said it before, but that's my earliest memories. The, the things I can remember the earliest in my life are moments with a, a little rod, my grandpa teaching me to catch just little pan fish off the dock. Yeah. And, uh, luckily we have no shortage of lakes here in Minnesota. I heard on a podcast a while back that, Supposedly, Minnesota is kind of holds the title as most the ice fishingest state in 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 America. Yeah. I don't know about uh, open water, but yeah. ice fishing. I think you know when I grew up. You know where Aiken is, Aiken, oh, yeah. Minnesota. That's yeah. that's where I went to school. The and Forty grew up. Club. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. If you know the, the gobblers, fo- yeah. <laughs> I take care. I took care of an elevator there actually. Yeah. So it was on my old service route. So that's awesome. If you know if you know the Forty Club, that means you really know <laughs> oh, Aiken yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, that you know living in this state, that's one of the cool things. Is is most I think young guys at least our age got into fishing at some point and kind of let him into the outdoors how old are you john 35 35 okay so i'm i'm 32 i was doing the math on it the other day or today actually i'm 33 um i was doing the math on the other day i think i've known john now 20 years wow just through groups of friends we didn't know each other well um but we knew each other and uh, it's probably been about five years now since you've started coming up to my dad's little crappie tourney and stuff and ever since then We've gotten along great. And, hmm. um, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I thought about that today. I'm like, 20 years. That is insane. That's crazy. That's awesome. That just means you're getting old. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's weird. When you start saying you've known people for 20 plus years, then yeah. you realize, wait a minute, how old am I? Yeah. It makes me an old man. <laughs> I wanted to get a little bit of just uh, uh, foundational information on Lake Superior. I know I know somewhat I've been up that way quite often boundary water trips and things like that. So I know some things, but just a little bit of information on Lake Superior itself. So it's the, 
it is the largest Great Lake, correct? Correct. And as as people get an idea for how deep it is, it around thirteen hundred feet deep it can get to be. Is that close? I, I believe that's correct. At some point in time, not maybe not, not. in the North Shore. Okay, I, I'm thinking that's. Either way, it's a it's a crazy monster. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know how blessed I am. Every day I take the scenic highway home. I can take the expressway, but I choose to take the scenic highway because it's just awesome. You know, I believe we were meant to be by water, and it's like how it's superior something special. I I always tell the story about Cole, my oldest kid. I was doing a race, the Spring Superior race up at Lutzen, and it was the first time he'd seen Superior, and Amy and I hiked down the Superior Trail with him, and we got down by the lake in Grand Marais there, and there's like a a spot in the trail where it opens up and you can see the lake, and that little kid walked up to the edge of it and sat down and would not get up. He was just staring at the lake. And we actually had to pick him up and carry him away, and (laughs) I was like, it's it's insane looking at that thing. It is massive. There's something about it. it. it's a cool lake. Even living here, every time I go back up, especially on sixty one, and and just look out there, there's uh, it kind of gives you the appreciation. The Native American name for it. Does anybody know what that is? No, <laughs> nobody does. Not should, but I don't. Get your gummy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. So yeah. that yeah, Should've I'm, I'm that. a little bit of a nerd with stuff, <laughs> so I do did know that, but it's cool because that means just big water. Yeah, and it, it's cool because even way back then. They were moved by it when they encountered it. It was like something's different than these other lakes. Even there's some big inland lakes, but there's something different. And I always thought Lake Superior gave off almost kind of that aura about it, almost like the ocean gives when you go to the ocean. But even a little different because you know it's just, it's a lake. And there's something about looking out on a lake and not being able to see the other side. And not only that, looking out there and knowing that the other side is so much further than you yeah. can see. I mean, there's places in Mille Lacs where you can't see the other side, but when you look at Mille Lacs on a map compared to Lake Superior, yeah, it's, it's like a pond, Yeah, you know? So what about um, what, and I, I actually don't know much information on this at all. So it's cool that you're, that you're on here. We can kind of pick your brain. So when it comes to species of fish um, in Lake Superior, what, what if a guy was going up there to to go fishing? What could he? Um, and I know various different ways of fishing, but but what what species of fish are in Lake Superior exactly? Well, there's a fish for every season, I guess they say. But uh, <laughs> generally, Lake Superior stays open year round, so sure. um, there's certain species that don't close. Uh, coho salmon, we call those the candy of Lake Superior. Yeah, they don't grow as big as other places, but they're they are the best table fare there is. And those actually typically stage or come through the biggest schools anywhere between January to February. Um, and you're talking on the North On the, the North, North Shore. shore. Uh, you have a, it's a phenomenal opportunity from shore. Mm. Um, they will stage and stay in, in Lake Superior through the spring. And then generally they return, um, they head back north. That's just kind of their voyage. They're there. They're waiting for uh, the smelt run, whatever it is. So they're in the thousands. I mean, you can, when the harbors freeze over, you can ice fish for them. You can shore cast for them. It can be a little difficult. Um, You know, it's usually temperatures below freezing. Your islets can freeze. 
you just learn to clean them out. And if you're there on the right time, I mean, you can have your limit in minutes. Hmm. I mean, every you can have five salmon and five casts. Wow, I've done it multiple times. That uh, sounds God, awesome. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> and then, you know, the Kamloops rainbow trout are our stock species of fish that a lot of the shore anglers have targeted for 30 years now. Um, they come to stage in the fall, so mm-hmm. a lot of us go out, you know, through into December with our boats if the uh, boat launches allow it, um, and target those. They okay. start staging by the rivers, and and you said that those that's loopers and rainbows. Yeah, they are. It's a Kamloops rainbow trout, so it's oh. a species that's been stocked. Um, it's a very large rainbow trout. They okay. average, they average about. Five to seven pounds. That's giants. Okay. That's gigantic <laughs> rainbow trout. And in the in the fall, and they were stocked. They they've been stocked. Yeah. And in the fall, they come fresh off the lake, chasing smelt and herring and whatever they're eating. And the meat on them is about as red as a stop sign. I wow. mean, it, they're just pound for pound. It's you could basically compare it to fighting maybe like a twelve pound smallmouth. Okay. <laughs> oh, so they're, so they're, they're like a high octane, type. high octane, yeah. high muscle. And then once they stage, you know, some people kind of give them less credit by the spring because they've been getting fat and lazy and spawning and eating bugs <laughs> like people. and twigs. And, yeah. You know, they're not out, they're not out chasing those smelt. They're kind of being lazy. Um, they, but then, uh, I don't know, I guess people start launching boats. Any some guys, if the if the if the boat launches allow it, they will go out every month through the entire year. Okay. I put mine away from December till April, May. You know, this year's a late ice, so uh, usually you can get in and target some of those coho salmon that are still hanging around for the smelt run, which usually runs in May. Okay. Generally, um, if you if you're coming up the North Shore at 10 o'clock at night and you wonder why there's all these bonfires on the West River and 30 <laughs> cars there. Well, people still smelt. Uh, they run big nets or buckets and they go out wading out there and they catch piles and piles of those things. So. Okay. What about, um, and then what about fish that probably some of our listeners are more uh, familiar with like uh, walleye? Are there walleye in Lake Superior? There are walleye in Lake Superior. Um, it's, I shouldn't say it is a rarity to catch one on the North Shore. So the South Shore is more like a typical lake, like an okay. inland shallow lake, sandy, flat bottom, um, 20, 30 feet. It's nothing to run over there. A lot of guys will run from Duluth to fish yep. the South Shore. You need a Wisconsin license. Um, it's not like the rivers where you can have either or. Okay. So you do need, and you need your Great Lakes trout stamp. Um so you can keep two walleyes out there. There's guys that catch huge walleyes, okay. muskies, yep. northerns, brown trout. I mean, you don't know what king salmon. Lake trout. Lake trout as yep. well, yep. Uh, North Shore, generally what you're going to catch is a lake trout. If you went up <laughs> to sweet. Lake Superior cool. and you had a couple of Craigslist downriggers, um, <laughs> it doesn't take much. You can have one downrigger. There are certain times of the year that you can catch lake trout in every water column, uh, and that's the the best time. Okay. That's when you want to be out there. You'll catch them on surface lines. Then we what we run what's called lead core by mm-hmm. planer boards. Gets you down 30, 40 feet. Um, there's copper setups now. We have copper line. Gets you down to 60, 70 feet. The downriggers allows you to get to any depth. Okay. Um, yeah, when we were fishing, we were fishing like 150 when I was up yeah, there Yeah, 150. Um, and you'll see them down there. And, and you can almost, if you can get a downrigger, which you don't have to spend $1,000, 
I mean, I had my dad's 16 foot Lund Revel rigged up with some hundred dollar downriggers, you know, the manuals, you're not going to get electrics for that, but, sure. <laughs> um, you, you're able to get some spoons down there, you know, you just some cheap rods. I mean, you don't need much. Just, you definitely have to be careful with the weather. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. That's number one. If you're planning on a trip up there, you know, the, the best part about Duluth is there's so many inland lakes you can go fish. So, you know, just be prepared. Hey, I'm going to go fish walleyes. If Lake Superior allows, um, plan your trip. Um, definitely check in with Marine General or just your uh, DNR regulations guys. Yeah. will tell you what you need. It's, it's some flares, some communication. Um, I think it's 16 foot or over. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend going out there with anything under a 16 foot boat. Yeah. You have yeah. to use common sense and watch yep. the weather. And, you know, early mornings usually the better. There's days out there, I've been out there on Sundays on the way to church, and the parking lot is full, and half of them are pontoon boats. So people <laughs> just go for a Sunday cruise, sure. and that is so cool. You you always see Lake Superior from the roadside. Yeah. You think the Glenching Mansion and all those places look cool from the road? Wait till you go see them from the from big the lake. From the water, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's something else altogether. Cool. It's, some, it's something, too, that like as Minnesotans, we don't, we don't take the time out to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, like we're talking about how special superior is. Why not go out in a boat? Cause like I was saying earlier with Brian, we were talking, most people have a boat at their cabin that can handle Lake superior. As long as the weather isn't insane. A lot of people have a 17 and a half, 18 and a half, 20 foot, you know, fiberglass or aluminum boat that they could go out there and as long as they're careful and know what they're doing, they'll be just fine. Yep. And to go out and see, like you're saying, see glenching from the water. <clears throat> like I was saying, even just standing on the shore and watching the sunrise is yeah. insane. It's, yeah. It's so cool. And that's cool. And it's something that any of us could go do, but yeah. nobody really does it. And, I don't think John wants everybody and their mother up there, but I, I'm sure he's, I mean, he's on here now, so he's yeah. he's not against well, it. It, so. is, it is the largest body of water in North America. There's right? plenty yeah. of space. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and the thing is, there's so many places you can launch a boat. Um, you can go out a port terminal right downtown Duluth, and then you get to take the pass under the lift bridge and yeah. then come oh, out of there. Yeah. That's an experience. And then from there, I mean, in this, so once summer hits, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, yeah. There's there's lake trout everywhere. Um, unfortunately, we don't get Wisconsin's well known now in Lake Superior for their C4 and Browns. They've been a really, really uh, successful stocking program over there. Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen a lot of pictures out of the yeah. South Shore on yeah. some big Browns coming out of there. And it's, that's that's cool because the to hear about Lake Superior in this way. Cause one of our guys, he's one of our team members, Jeff Snyder. He's one of my good buddies. And we started contact outdoors together. He just recently moved back to his home state of Michigan. And oh, yeah. so he just started getting his feet wet in and fishing Lake Michigan. So he's got a boat and uh, he's been out a few times, but he, he'll probably really enjoy listening to this podcast and we'll have to hook you guys up. So yeah, he's got any like questions? It. He yeah, he's Yeah, I think I I said it before we started the podcast before John even showed up. I told Brian, I said and I think I maybe even told this to John the other day. I said we'll go up to John's this summer and yeah. do another podcast with him yeah. and try to get Jeff 
and yep. get up there and go out fishing because you got to see it. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah. And then you get Coda in the boat, the fish <laughs> oh, slime yeah. addict. <laughs> yeah. I got a 90 pound female lab. She loves the fish slime. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a I, good time. It's so much fun. I made, awesome. a, I made her a special landing mat so, so my carpet doesn't get so disgusting from all the fish slime. And then that's her, uh, that's her licking mat. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so with, um, you were, we were talking a little bit before we turned the podcast on, we were talking a little bit about the loopers yeah. and, uh, maybe we could focus in a little bit on kind of your tactics for catching them and also the importance of the fish and then what's going on specifically with that species in, in, uh, Lake Superior maybe. Yeah. yeah the Kamloops rainbow trout or loopers, as we know, most of us get our nicknames from, from them, looper, John, looper, Dave, uh, <laughs> Usually any, and most of the numbers I have my phone, I don't have their last names. It's just their first names and looper before it. But, uh, <laughs> so it's been a big part of my life for the last three years. And, uh, the French river hatchery closed last year. Um, so there was a lot of controversy about that. It's still kind of going on. There's no real solution. It was more, um, they're going to concentrate on stocking the, the original steelhead, that it was also stocked but it's it, uh it's a sore spot for a lot of north shore anglers because that's what they fished for 30 years uh there's lots of them it gives them a lot of opportunity is it kind of like a mix between like the the two parties are the steelhead guys and the looper guys or is it more just the looper guys because it seems like there's it seems like there might be two parties to it because the, you'd think if the looper guys were all pushing for it, that they'd be able to figure out a way to keep it open or, or rally for it or whatever. Yeah. There is uh there's a website you can go on called cam loops advocates. Ross Pearson does a phenomenal job. And actually, if you want to know anything about loopers, you can go on cam loops advocates. Is it cam loops with a K or a C? K. Right. Yeah. And is. They, okay. there is more information on that website between the photo. I mean, you, you get to see what it's all about on in five minutes on that website. It's, he yeah. does it. So he's, uh, he's shutting her down the website. Um, it's basically, they're not going to stock them anymore. So, um, it's going to be clipped steelhead. I don't know what year we have cam loops around for another two years. Um, the controversy with some interbreeding with the steelhead and there's not, I'd say there's a small percentage of guys that don't, actually target loopers that fish steelhead um steelhead is it's a definitely a shorter window to catch them they i mean i you catch a you catch steelhead from shore uh, but generally it's not until right about now when the rivers start to run when they spawn versus the camloops spawn they stage to spawn in the fall so they're there all winter long yeah. um and i don't know it's I'm kind of torn because yeah. I haven't been I haven't been involved with it long enough to really have a real, um, I guess all I can say is my favorite thing to do is fish Kamloops in the fall out hmm. of my boat trolling sure. on Lake yeah. Superior because it is an absolute blast. And this year I bought uh, this will be my first year really fishing the rivers for steelhead, floating yarn flies and everything else. And such a late year, it's normally well underway. The real rivers open and wisconsin but uh knife river uh, you can run all the way up to grand portage and catch steelhead 
to give people an idea, stream trout opener was this past weekend. On the day of stream trout opener, we had 40 to 50 mile an hour wind gusts with 20 inches of snow falling in some areas. So yeah. that's an idea of how late things are this yeah, year. Yeah, with people still snowmobiling <laughs> yeah. up the rivers, not fly fishing. No. Yeah, shutting so, down fishing. Yeah, it's big shut time. Down a lot yeah. of stuff. So oh, that's that. that's kind of the benefit of the North Shore. It's you you have open water shore fishing for sure. for the rainbows. So yeah. so what about so what what it kind of is gonna or could come down to is the possibility of not catching loopers anymore. At a certain point, it correct. will you I mean, wouldn't will catch any. There, there's a hatchery because they won't they won't continue to exist in the lake or. Correct. They they not a naturally they don't naturally reproduce on their own. It's it's such a minuscule ah. percentage. So it has to be in a controlled environment. That's what the French River Hatchery did. Okay. They raised them. They released them. Um, they they originally came out with it was not cost effective. I mean, I don't know. They came out with a number. They threw it out there at like an adult looper cost seventy five dollars to raise or something. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> yeah. And I talked to last year. I did a race up in Duluth, and there was a guy there that was doing one of them, and he runs a hatchery down in Lanesboro. Okay, <clears throat> and so that's like like southeast Minnesota. That's like the trout stream trout capital of Minnesota. And I was talking to him about it, and he said the same thing. He said the cost. He said the cost from a, a standard stock rainbow to a, a cam looper is literally hundreds of to- hundred times more, but you know, who knows where he was getting his information and so on. So hmm. it's one of those things that it, who knows when or what we'll figure out in the future of why, but the bummer of it is it's going to go away, Sure, which is a huge that's, bummer. That's always the thing about just too, because really we're um, the North American model of conservation when it comes to animals. We all have had discussions about that, but it's, the best there is, yeah. you know, and we, we kind of, as Americans, we pride ourselves on that. Um, but once in a while you run into these things where you kind of, it, it's hard from, from just a, a, a average run of the mill guy level to figure out what's actually going on, you know, yeah. wh- whether it's habitat loss or whether it's, you know, we obviously were, you know, big proponents of BHA backcountry hunters and anglers and, you know, you, you're always trying to sift through, um, as a public land advocate, you're always trying to sift through what kind of are the, it, what's in the background of why decisions are being made on yeah. a, on a government level. And so, yeah, I mean, to hear you talk about loopers and how fun they are to catch and all it, it kind of makes you, uh, me anyway, feel like n- the possibility of that not existing anymore is, is to me sad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah what are we going to all do with our nicknames? Yeah, exactly. What are they going to call me now? Yeah. Steelhead John. John. Walleye John. Yeah. <laughs> Lake Trout John. Yeah. yeah. Laker John. Laker John. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That it's it's interesting though to kind of to kind of move topics on that a little bit. I the first trout I ever caught in my life was a lake trout and that was up in the boundary waters. Um and you know, I've I do spring trips up there every year specifically for Lakers and it's it's awesome, but um, I think, would you say that, uh, on Lake Superior, would you say this is a thing that always gets me fired up about fishing somewhere else? Um, you know, even like when you think about ocean fishing, 
You know, I think most guys that are deep, that have, that are anglers or have been in their life, you know, the the draw to fishing in the ocean is number one, you know, the specific species that are there, but also the idea of kind of fishing in a spot where you're not really sure what you might catch. Yeah, and that's always a cool thing. And 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 I think Lake Superior is kind of that um, that level of idea when you come from an inland lake. Well, sure, you've got a di- bunch of different species, but you go to Lake Superior and it's kind of that feeling of, man, who knows what I'll pull up. And yeah, I like that. I, I have a friend, my neighbor actually, yeah, he does a lot of jigging for lake trout. Sure. Uh, you can go find some flats and a little rock pile here or there and jig a, a small smelt on a big bucktail, kind of like you would ice fish for him. Yeah. Well, he set his rod down. Um, next thing you know, he almost lost his rod. It went up and over. He grabbed a hold of it. He thought he had the biggest lake trout on <laughs> in the world. He fought that fish for 45 minutes. It was a 55-inch sturgeon. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> On him the about north it. shore, way up at Knife River. I mean, Jeez. so you don't know what's out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a huge sturgeon population running up and down that St. Louis River out of Lake Superior. Yeah. Yeah. Walleyes, muskies. I mean, they're clocking... Uh, we had one of the most renowned muskie fisheries before our floods uh, five, six years ago, I suppose it was now. We had tiger muskies, Wisconsin strain, Leech Lake strain. Now, they've marked these fish all the way up in uh, Schwamigan Bay. I mean, wow. that were stocked originally in St. Louis River. I <laughs> That's mean, they're crazy. out roaming out on, you don't know. Actually, the world record tiger muskie got caught in the St. Louis River, which is part of Saint, you know, Lake Superior. Yeah. It was a 48 and a half with a 28 and a half inch girth. You can Google it. This thing is such a freak show. It was in the St. Louis Bay and St. Louis River is 50 inch minimum. Yeah. So you had to let it go. But that thing crushed the world record by probably 10 to 15 pounds. Jeez. Uh, What an awesome day on a top water. I mean. Really? Yeah. So like you said, you don't know what you're going to catch. My son... His second lake trout he ever caught in Lake Superior took him 45 minutes, 25 pounds. It's the best picture I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You talk about a happy kid. I mean, yeah. he, he, I had to actually help him lift it so he could prop his elbows against his waist just to hold it up for a picture. That's awesome. Um, he couldn't physically lift it himself. Um, and, and we were talking about that. This, I don't know other than lake trout. I don't know the other species, but... I know lake trout are a, are a, are a really long lived fish, and we were talking before we turned the podcast on about that. A uh, you know a, a thirty eight to forty two inch lake trout could be forty fifty years old, possibly. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. which is just crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah, and what? the species of lake trout are. I mean, it's unknown, really. It's such a big lake of water. I mean, they're talking twenty different species of lake trout. I mean. We have the Siskoets, which we call them the fatsos. It's the last thing you want to catch. But on the other spectrum, you have red fins. I mean, they're beautiful, dark orange meat on them. I mean, just uh, you just don't know what you're going to catch. You yeah. know? We have a chance at a king salmon, coho salmon, certain times of the year. They, yeah. they definitely uh, – but that's just Duluth. I yeah. mean, you can go to – It's I don't know what changes – the the size and the species but you get up to up or even in mich and even in wisconsin on the south shore apostle islands your fish are going to run it must be the water temp i don't know what hmm. it is um but year to year they change in size this year's class in the fall 
it was nothing to catch your limit in 10, 15 minutes okay. of cohos. I mean, you doubles, triples, fast you get them in the boat, but they were 13, 14 inches. But I've never seen a fish with more meat on them than a coho salmon. I mean, yeah, they were meat sure. from the from their eyeballs to the tip of the tail. There's no guts. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's insane. Just meat. Dark red, just that's flaming awesome. of yeah. the fish. Now, so. I need you to, if you can, dispel something for me because uh, this was about four years ago now. I was on a Boundary Waters uh, forum reading what guys were saying about lake trout tactics and stuff like that. And one guy comes in there and he said... <clears throat> Let me tell you how you how you eat lake trout. You cook them on a cedar plank, uh, put some spices, some salt and pepper on them, and and cook them on a cedar plank. And then when you've got it all nice and cooked, you you take the fillet, you throw it in the garbage, and you eat the cedar plank. <laughs> and I said, and I and I looked at that, and I thought, well, that definitely hasn't been my my experience <laughs> yeah. with them. Even in the in the boundary waters, we cook them up, and and then I start, got to thinking, well. We're always super hungry in there. Yeah. So maybe they taste better than they actually do. But then I had them outside of the boundary waters, and I think they taste pretty good. So what What would you let, – let me just lay this out for you. So you catch a, a nice lake trout. Now, do you consider there to be kind of an eating size, or do you – what's your view of or that deal? Or an eating deal? species of yeah, lake no, trout. Yeah, no, you get in that – well, species and size. I guess you get that mid-20-inch yep. range – perfect eaters that five four or five pounder yep you um there's definitely you get the siskiwet lake trout you can't even smoke those things they're so full of fat <laughs> you'll know it's a siskiwet because it looks like they have two sets of guts on them okay. they stink they're slimy they're green <laughs> um yeah you get the you'll know you get a nice lean mean looking lake trout yep. you, half the time what i'll do is when all of us are sitting around cleaning them on the table I'll turn the turn the barbecue on before we're done cleaning. I'll run up and throw a couple of those fillets right on the top rack of the grill, skin down. Yeah. I'll run and grab some maple syrup, some salt and pepper. That's all a guy needs. Brush okay. that on right after they're done, you know, halfway through. Sure. And we're eating those things. I mean, that's just phenomenal. That's why John's wife lets him go fishing so much because he brings <laughs> home food every time. Sure. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too because there's always. I guess this isn't anything, but it's almost like. Um, there's those species of fish that you don't need to do anything to. It's yeah. like a really good steak. Yeah. Like you get an elk, you get an elk steak, you don't need to change the flavor profile no. because you just cook it up, a little salt, pepper, pan sear it, pull it out, and it's good to go. Yeah. But there's some things where you're like, this is something, but I kind of need to turn it into something else for it to be really good. And And there's some fish where... Like I can say, being from Minnesota, you know, we love walleye here in Minnesota, and I think walleye is great. But walleye doesn't have a super distinct taste. No. You know, it's a pretty mild, it's, white, flaky fish, and it's super good. But it's not like swordfish. I it's not it. like sweet, like a you know. And, I was at a trade show today, and there was a guy there from Dallas, <clears throat> and he was talking about he's talking to some potential customer of her his, and she's like, "Well, you're here." You got to go get walleye. We'll go to Applebee's and get some walleye. I'm like, I, I, the first thought in my head is, are you drunk? Like, number one, don't go to Applebee's and get walleye. Number right. two, I, I, the walleye thing is great. You're like, right. I, I, I love it. You know, and, and like people in Minnesota will hate me for saying this, but give me a crappie. I'll, Crappies I will are... take 
a couple good slabs off a of crappie. Sunnies. Sunnies even are great. Awesome. I just hate filleting them. Yeah. But crappies, right. I could eat those every day, yeah. all day long, and just throw Ritz crackers on them and fry them, and they're delicious. Yeah, yeah. But like with a lake trout, <clears throat> what I was going to say earlier is when I went up there last fall, we got that one big hog. It was probably 30, 30 inches, something like that. It wasn't a monster, but it was a nice lake trout. And I took one of those fillets, and I baked it with like sour cream, cream cheese, and Parmesan on it, which does change the profile, but it's not that bad. My kids wouldn't eat it because it's not fried fish, because they sure. know fish is fried fish. Sure. I ate the whole damn filet myself <laughs> in one sitting because yeah. it was so good. Yeah. And and the other thing is, too, is like that was really good, but then you get like like John is – Another thing that I think he's kind of mastered is is smoking, sure. smoking fish, That's awesome. smoking chicken, smoking whatever you give to him. <laughs> but his fish is insane. It's so good. Whitey's, I found a new friend then. Yeah, <laughs> There's, yeah. White, Whitey just smoked some fish this last weekend, and he had some guy tell him, "Get you just put this Greek seasoning on it, and you're good." And I'm like, "Just use John's recipe." And he's like, "No, I'm going to try this." Everybody at work's talking about how great it is, and I said, "Just use John's recipe." I saw him this weekend. He did one filet in your recipe and did the other stuff the other way. And he goes, I should have used John's recipe for yeah. every one of those because it was terrible compared <laughs> to John's. John's was so good. And John's got that dialed in. And so if you catch a fish that's not perfect yeah. and it for some reason, you know, the hook goes down too far or whatever, John's going to make good use of it either way. That's what I was going to say about the about the lake trout. Do you feel like... Uh, just like that simple recipe you said, that seems, that seems pretty simple to enhance the flavor a little bit, but you still are tasting lake trout instead of sometimes, you know, and I'm guilty of it sometimes with certain cuts of meat or whatever is I just add so much to it that it kind of isn't what it started out as. And what would you say outside of the coho you said was the best by far you said? They, well, we call them the candy of Lake Superior. Yeah, Those yeah, really yeah. don't eat nothing. And we yeah. catch so many of them in the winter that my wife will actually make fresh coho salmon burgers. Oh, geez. Mm. Those are... That sounds yeah, awesome. So you can just grill that salmon, uh, take the meat off, mix it with some uh, breadcrumbs and egg, a little bit of seasoning if you want. You make them into a patty, throw them back on the grill. Oh, geez. Oh, man. That sounds, that sounds super <laughs> good. Yeah, you talk about a sam- no-name salmon burger, whatever it is, but yeah. this is like fresh off yeah. Lake Spear. There yeah. is not much better. So outside of those, what what would be, what's kind of second in your mind for, for eating? You know, th- th- that's a general thing you're going to catch out there is lake trout. Um, in the fall, like I said, that's why I look forward to that time is then I can bring those fresh cam loops uh, into deer camp. But okay. they their meat is as red as a stop sign. My kids think they're eating chicken. They say, what is this? This isn't fish. When they're eating it, they say, this is, this is like, you know, it is so firm and flaky. And like we just got done talking about, well, what happens as they stage? And that's what a lot of people's gripe is, is all oh, those things don't fight that good in the spring. They don't taste that good. Well, They've been sitting around all winter long, not doing much. Yeah, um, candy and shit. Yeah, like we eating do in the sticks and bugs and getting you know, out of shape. when they can. They're yeah, out of yeah. shape. They get a little fatty. Yeah, the meat gets a little less red and firm. But you know what? It's still phenomenal. Sure. I uh, I smoke it. I turn it into. I mix it with dip. I do a cream cheese. It's called a looper dip. Okay. There is a not a person <laughs> out there. That, every time I talk to, they say. 
hey, I'll trade you. I got venison steak. I got whatever you want. I'll trade you for some of that looper dip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I'll do a chive and onion. I'll do a jalapeno. Uh, and I'll do a little sweet and spicy mix with that stuff. But um, That's awesome. Yeah, Is that kind of like a like a pate deal that you do? Like, a, like I've had like salmon pate. It's just a smoked salmon dip. Okay. They're heavy on the smoked fish. I put a little cream cheese in there nice. and then uh, some seasonings, but you That's put awesome. on some crackers and I mean, it doesn't last long. Okay. Yeah, I've had it. I've had the, you know, a smoked salmon dip in Alaska on a charter that was fresh and stuff. And John's smoked dip is pretty good. Man, it beats that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, I think if we come up there and do that, I'm excited about the fishing, but I'd be even just, just as excited about trying some of that some of that stuff oh, yeah. that's I'll, awesome I'll have some of it. yeah what it to kind of i know what we're coming up probably on time here a little bit what are we at there joe 44 44 yeah. <laughs> yeah well we'll have to do another one we'll come up maybe in the summer and do another one but i wanted to uh get some information for you so we talked about some of this fishing lake superior and it's been an honor having you on the on the podcast but if you could give somebody some information on where to start. Like if a guy is listening to this and says, man, that sounds awesome. I want to get up. I want to get out to Lake Superior and, and try, try fishing it. Where would you point them in terms of maybe, um, bait shops or, uh, if, if you've got someone who runs a a good charter that, you know, what, what information could you have? And if you, when you, when you give the information to, we'll also put that in the show notes for people so they can have a link to Sure. Yeah. The, the best local shop, easiest place to stop is Marine General. Um, and where right is off the... London road, downtown okay. Duluth, right on your way up the shore. Okay. Um, you can't you just Google and whatever, whether it's shore fishing or boat fishing, they'll put you on, you know, whether it's a crankbait or a spoon or, uh, the setups are dirt cheap. You can get a shore rod from them for under 50 bucks okay they'll set you up with what we call a looper bobber it's a slip weighted slip bobber they have their looper bugs there we usually float a uh a wax worm on those looper bugs um they have flies there there's also great lakes fly shop which is another it's halfway between marine general and lester river okay Uh, okay john farrell runs that he's got pheasant tails sometimes this time of the year they'll slowly transition on those flatter days they were on a fly you don't need a fly rod you can fish them under a small float cast them out whether it's mcquade safe harbor french river any spot up the shore i mean you'll see the cars pulled over on the sure. shoulder yep um, yeah, it's pretty obvious when they're yeah <laughs> like i said there's plenty of marinas you want to launch a small boat out of just watch the weather you got the mcquade safe harbor is beautiful new harbor we have um you go knife river two harbors there's so much opportunity you don't have to go far out okay um but uh, yeah, Marine General will set you up with whatever you need. Um, if you're looking at the spring run, uh, my friend Aaron Gerlovich owns North Shore Guide Service. You can find him online. He is probably, the, if you want to spend a little money and want to find some spots and really see what's going on, he'll, he'll supply you with all the equipment, um, all the bait, whether you want to try to do fly fishing for your first time on the North Shore streams, uh, for steelhead, you'll get loopers too this time of the year. Okay. Or he will also put you, I mean, it can be, I think he guides January, he guides all year round, but basically he'll put you on loopers, cohos, whatever. He'll let you know. You get, get a hold of him. 
Okay. Uh, he, I, one of those other guys like Andy. I mean, he's, you see him down at the shore. He <laughs> puts kids on. He, he's a really good guy. He cool. does, uh, like the Mayfly project for foster kids and all this other stuff. He's got group, just an awesome guy. Awesome. Yeah, I met him the last cool. time up there and he's a really nice guy. And one thing I thought about earlier too, and we were talking about the childhood memories and whatnot. <clears throat> the last time I was up there, it was probably 25 degrees. The wind was blowing pretty good. It was, it wasn't an ideal day. There was probably a four year old. You think he was that kid yeah. running around there having a blast? He wasn't really fishing, but he was watching everybody and he was just playing around. That's how easy the shore fishing is. Like yeah. it's not if the rocks aren't icy, if you're in like the safe harbors, it's a little easier. But if the rocks aren't icy on the lake when it starts to warm up a little bit more, you know, there's kids out there. It's cool. it's easy to easy access. You don't have to hike way in or anything. Yeah. It's super fun and super super easy. There was guys down there fishing with five foot rods yeah yeah you the the biggest thing i guess if you're not gonna get you know it when you stop at marine general it'll let you know probably but my biggest recommendation if you're gonna do some winter shore fishing down there is to get a decent pair of cleats yeah because them rocks might look wet but they're not they're glare ice so oh, yeah it's not yeah. so much the fishing part you go to land a fish and uh you got you know you got to definitely be aware of what's going on True. you're climbing on ice covered rocks so okay yeah. yeah, it does get a little gnarly when it's cold. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, like like we say, Joe and I are uh, we're happy to have you on here and talk through some of this stuff because I know for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are kind of like the idea of going up and, and fishing Lake Superior sometimes is pretty daunting, even for people that have been anglers their whole life on inland lakes here in Minnesota that kind of like look at that and think, man, I wouldn't know where to start. So it's cool. That's kind of the reason Joe mentioned having you on and and he told me what, what you're kind of all about. And this is exactly kind of the way we wanted to head with this podcast is, um, you know, we're going to do a lot of different stuff. We're going to do backcountry Western hunts. We're going to do waterfowl. We're going to do foraging, just anything outdoors or backcountry. But uh, this is kind of a, a unique special episode for episode two to have you come and talk about this because I lived lived in Minnesota my whole life and and I learned a ton of new information just sitting here with you today. So it's really cool. So we really appreciate having you on and taking the time to come and record with us. Yeah, yeah my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. Good time as yeah. always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, guys, thanks for listening in today. And we're going to do a follow-up podcast with John just because there's a lot of information that we I think we still have that we could talk about. And hopefully that next podcast will be up in the summer hanging out and fishing and maybe eating some fish up there. Hanging out over the new garage looking the lake. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> sounds good. That, yeah, that sounds like an awesome location for a podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We want to just continue to get better at this and hopefully we're giving some, some good, useful information and we will see you in episode three. Yeah. Thanks guys. Original music for this podcast was created by Nakota Rankin. This podcast is edited, mixed and mastered by Nakota Rankin.